0: Hey there, I'm your host Misty and I'm a woman's life coach. In my former life, I was overstressed, overwhelmed and always overdoing it, which I believe led to my diagnosis of rheumatoid arthritis. Now I get to live a life that I've designed and I have the power to create what I want. Doesn't that sound cool? I found my way back to health by showing up for myself and releasing old patterns, including being the ultimate people pleaser and perfectionist. I created this podcast from my passion to empower, uplift, and transform the lives of women who are struggling with chronic stress and illness by providing tips, tools, and insights into the power of rest, how our thoughts and old patterns not only hold us back, but create dis-ease in the body. My goal is to support and educate at the same time as build a community of like-minded women so we remember we are not alone. Now's the time to begin the exploration into what is holding you back and start to design the life of your dreams. My only question is, are you ready? Let's get going. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Empower, Uplift and Transform podcast with Misty. I'm so excited to be recording episode number six and just want to share my appreciation for all of you listeners for joining me and tuning in. And I would love for you to drop a comment wherever you're listening or leave a review. It's so helpful for me when I am preparing content. Today, we have a very, very special guest. And somebody who has been practicing yoga for more than 20 years. And she, my guest really turned in to find her breath as she found it super calming when she was going through difficult times or experiencing anxiety and really helped her feel connected to her practice, to herself. Her journey through yoga brought her to become a certified nutrition deep health coach. Super excited to ask her what that's all about. And a certified fitness trainer, as well as a yoga teacher and a meditation guide. My guest today is Chelsea Jackson, and she is the owner operator of Replenish Studio. And she is going to share her wisdom and her insight into just exactly what she has found her clients or women that she speaks to really needs in this day and age. Welcome, Chelsea. I'm so excited that you're here, and, the, and I'm so grateful that you're able to make it here today. Even though you're feeling a little under the weather, still recovering from COVID, and I feel like that's such a relevant topic right now, Maybe you could share with our listeners how you're supporting your body coming back to to health with this diagnosis.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, in the first week that I had COVID, it just felt like getting sick, just like a cold. And and I'm not really that great at being a patient, at being a sick in the sick world. So uh, lots of rest and things like that. Um, I don't do well with rest. It's been a very, it doesn't come natural to me. So I have to really put in the effort there. But I surrendered and uh, accepted that, okay, yeah, this is something people have. However, the fatigue following having the virus was not something that I anticipated and had never heard of. uh, And so it was a real surprise when I just couldn't feel like I was getting my energy back. Um, and that's where I really ne- needed to take care of myself and be gentle with myself because I I knew I no longer had the virus, but I still was feeling so tired and so um, brain fogged and not understanding why I couldn't just get back at things that I was doing before I got sick. When you're sick, you know, you know you're sick, you need to rest. You can, you have all the symptoms. It's pretty apparent. Um, but this was confusing, especially when my husband was recovered and he didn't have this tiredness. So learning, taking it back to pacing myself really, and being really gentle with myself, just knowing that my immune system still needs time. It needs time to bounce back and my whole system is asking to be replenished. So um, yeah, just day by day. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I love that. I love, there's two words you said that I love and that I preach to my clients. The first is surrender. And really just, it's almost, it's for me and, and for the women I work with, it's like a shift in mindset. It's surrendering and just allowing yourself to be. And that is so hard for so many people. And I was one of them. That was like like you, so outside of my comfort zone to just allow myself to be with what's going on. And then the word replenish. I'm like, that is so beautiful. And I love it. And I actually, I'm jumping ahead, but I think that that's a special word to you. And I would love for you Mm. to just talk about what, how that word is sort of coming up in your business and what you do right now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um so the word surrender is a special word for me too and it sounds so gentle and it sounds so serene but like when it comes to my process of surrender, I'm like kicking and screaming going down. Like I do not go down easy and I wish that I did because it would be a lot more simple if I did. But I tend to forget that surrender is, you know, the way out of my pain or suffering what whatever you want to call it, um, but I definitely have to be brought to my knees because I still do get trapped in my my will. So um, surrender is going to be a lifelong teacher for me, I think. Um, in terms of replenish, that word's really special to me now. Um, I guess I can just get into not too long ago, I had uh, gone through an experience where after the year's And a half following the onset of COVID, I was really experiencing exhaustion. Uh, My husband and I used to own a gym with a yoga studio in it, and we had just done a big expansion in February 2020, and then March 2020, our doors were closed, and we had no control over any of that. Um, and so it was for a year and a half, it was a constant hustle and a grind and I'm not the kind of energy that should be hustling and grinding in the first place. Um, and so it was survival mode for quite a while, uh, back to back. Uh, and I just kept checking in with myself thinking that I was fine and, uh, thinking that I was taking care of everything I needed. And, um, But the stress was so chronic because of what was going on in the world and what was going on within our business and our home and finances and people getting sick and family members in fear um, that I actually didn't even really notice what was going on with me internally. And it wasn't until everything started to settle where I was like, "Uh uh-oh, Something's not right here. Something's off big time because I can't seem to recover my energy, um, which feels a lot like what I'm experiencing now. Uh, but I was exhausted to the point where I felt like I had nothing left to give. And if anyone was going to ask me for anything more, I was going to lose it. Um, and then, you know, my big lesson in all of this is learning to let go of pushing myself. And be gentle with myself. So um, it took me a while, like I said, to surrender to what I was experiencing. And I'm not the person that I wish I was the person that would give up a little easier. It would make my life a lot simpler. But um, again, I went down fighting. So, you know, I was told that I had exhaustion and burnout, and followed by depression and anxiety. I guess they cause each other. Um, And I just went to town thinking of anything I could do to fix it. I did not want to go down with the ship or whatever was happening. And so I became, you know, uh, let's try cardio. My body could barely like go for a walk, but I'm like pushing myself to try cardio and in the morning and get going and let's still work out and let's do this. And I couldn't figure out why nothing is working. And I kept asking everybody what they've done for their, you know, burnout or depression and trying to do what they did. and, And nothing seemed to be getting me better um until i let go <laughs> yeah until i let go um and then it came it became a very focused day by day one day at a time intention of replenishing all systems um mm-hmm. within me and around me and i had to i was kind of going rogue i had to do it my own way instead of applying what everybody else had done when they experienced the same thing. And that was very scary for me. Um, there was a lot of grief and a lot of feelings that were coming up from over the past year and a half that I didn't want to face. Uh, I didn't know if I could. They were just such big emotions. And um yeah there was a lot of fear and so I was I think running from it unconsciously um and then again giving up and letting go into okay this is something I knew from the get-go for me this was something spiritual and um showing up as a, a physical and mental and emotional ailment um but yeah, so replenish became a huge word for me and that became my daily goal was to replenish myself um, and just being constantly aware of that moment to moment sometimes throughout the day, not just day by day, but moment to moment, hour by hour. Beautiful.
0: Yeah, it's, it's interesting when you talk about burnout and this moment by moment And I don't know, and you can certainly, I would love to hear your perspective, but it's, you were talking about talking to other people and getting their perceptions and how did they deal with it and what did they do for their burnout and depression. And because I feel we seek, we seek answers. And sometimes it's like when we come back inward and we listen, our bodies have that wisdom and tell us what we need. But like, I love your description. I go down fighting, right? Trying to find all the answers when really, if we just surrender and get quiet, I believe that's when we find the answer. But it's so hard to do that because we have this, my my experience is the mindset around it from my own, my own story is it's giving up, it's giving in, it's, uh, it's like a failure. It's a fear of like losing everything I did. For me, it was that whole, I'm like, not the person I was, but really- it was about coming inside and saying, hey, I know how to help you, but you need to listen, right? It was knocking at the door and I just was ignoring it. That was my experience. So it's beautiful to hear how you're, like I just needed to take it day by day. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think it's interesting that you were speaking about your body and listening to your body because that is really something, that was some advice that was given to me I think from a therapist, I just need to listen to my body. And I, even though, you know, I've spent 18 years practicing yoga and I am very connected to my body, doesn't mean I I would heed what it was telling me though, because my will is so freaking strong. And that's not a good thing for me, by the way, um, that my mind would overpower that, and I, I would intellectualize everything. And um, when really it is as simple as what is your body feeling in this moment? How is it reacting? There's so much wisdom in that in the body. Um, but I had never learned to listen to that wisdom and apply it. Um, so that was that is a huge part of this journey is listening to my body and its energy and also following the direction that I'm getting. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And taking the time to integrate the sensations that arise. That's where I find working somatically with people is they get stuck in rejecting the sensation, like pushing it aside. And it's so I work with them, like, let's integrate it. Like, how can we how can we see this as a sign that your body is giving you a message? How can we lovingly hold it and bring it in, in and accept that it's a part of us? And how can I bring that into my day to day? right? Like that's, I mean, that's how I work, but it sounds very similar when you're saying like learning to listen and, and following that energy as opposed to pushing it away, right? It's, oh, I have a pain. I'm going to, like, I hate those Advil and go commercials. I, every time I see one, I say to my husband, like, why are we so conditioned to not listen to what our body's telling us? Pop an Advil and go. It's terrible, but it's really how we're conditioned in society of ignore what your body's telling you. Just mask it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I love that you do that work with women because it's so, so important. Um, For me, this has been like a huge game changer is not trying to fix, change, or push away those parts of me that I feel are in pain or the feelings that aren't, you know, the quote unquote good feelings. Um, I think one, because it's fear. I don't know, I've never been taught fully what to do with these big pains, these emotions, these except for fix it, make it better, and move on, you know. So yeah, that's a whole new way of dealing with things. And I'm still very much a baby learning that way, but it is hella empowering. It's a lot more empowering than running, that's for sure.
0: Yeah. And a little less exhausting, right? Oh, a little less right. Than running. Yeah.
1: Who knew? Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Who knew that acceptance and, um, giving something like helping everything be seen could make it far easier than running and pushing. And yeah, I know it's, it's, uh, that's what I love about the work. Um, so I'm just curious, you talk about your own experience with burnout. And so for our listeners, because I think people don't maybe even realize what burnout can show up, like show up as in their life. And I think just kind of tapping back into what you said before about chronic stress and how you didn't even notice. And I really feel that that's how a lot of people, it's like we run on autopilot, like a, because I was there. I mean, I'm with you. I, I went, I would lived in chronic stress for years, but it was, if someone had said to me, you're, you have chronic stress, I'd be like, pshaw, right? It was like, no. And so it's like you live on autopilot and then that disconnect between your body and your spirit and your emotions that you're not even realizing what's going on, which when you live in chronic stress for long periods of time, you hit burnout. So what do you think we could tell our listeners about from your perspective? Because I love getting other people's perspectives of what are signs of like chronic stress or what would you say are signs that you're heading into burnout? Just like things that they might pick up on to notice if they're looking.
1: Yeah, yeah cuz i didn't i had no idea what was going on with me um i think the biggest one was i was tired all the time but not just tired like fatigued like can't really even think mentally tired as well like mentally exhausted and it wasn't getting any better with rest right like so i would take a you know a whole day off and just rest and relax and And sleep, and it was like nothing was restoring. Um, Mood definitely lowered, um, and anxiousness, confusion. Uh, Just, you know, when it finally got to the point where, you know, it had kind of taken over, uh, it was really even hard to just make myself breakfast. Like the simple things just became really challenging. And just physically never feeling um, well. And and that's been, that was my experience. I I couldn't find comfort. Um, And, you know, I'm really lucky in the sense that, you know, I have my stuff for sure, but I don't necessarily have, well, I guess I, I used to find comfort in working. So, you know, some people would use food or some people will use alcohol or drugs or sex or whatever. And for me, it was working. And that wasn't working anymore, you know, but I didn't understand that because I loved my work and I enjoy what I do. And, but I was using that as a a tool to avoid dealing with whatever feelings I thought I was running from. I don't even know, Um, unconsciously, of course. But yeah, I guess it was just, uh, yeah, tiredness, feeling low, feeling lots of anxious. Anxious thoughts. Um, not really. I think I know that something's going on with me when I don't want to sit still with me. And there was a lot of I don't want to sit still with me. Um, yeah. Wow,
0: that's great awareness. That's such beautiful awareness because a lot of people wouldn't catch that, not wanting to sit still with themselves. And I know I talk a lot um in, in my workshop that I host every month. But fatigue, fatigue is beyond explanation. Like I always like when working in personal injury law, people would say they had like doctors would write fatigue and I never appreciated what fatigue meant until I experienced it. Like, and it's just not saying that you're tired is not even close to being what fatigue is. Like when you said that, like brain fog, it's like, Just even getting out of bed in the morning for me felt like the biggest effort ever, just putting my feet on the earth to move my body. And it was all from fatigue. And I just like after I went through that and experience, I was like, I will never judge somebody who says that they're experiencing. Not that I judge. Well, I think I might have (laughs) judged before I understood. Like, just do something. Do some exercise. You'll feel better. Get outside. But when you're suffering fatigue, that is an, feels like an impossible feat, right? Like it's really, it's such a overwhelming feeling. And then layering it with, I think a lot of people do with judgment of you're lazy, get out and do something, stop resting. But resting doesn't even help it, right? It's really, it's like a whole body, mental, emotional. I just remember being teary all the time. Like anything could set me off and I would just sob right? It was, I was that exhausted at all parts of me, all parts of who I was. So it's just noticing that warning sign. Like if you're tired, but you can't seem to not be tired. I feel like that's a good way to identify that maybe something else is going on and do the exploration into it.
1: Yeah. And I think it's really important to talk to people that you trust and that are safe people. Um, Because there were some people I was talking to about it and they would just say, "Oh yeah, I'm tired all the time," and, and "Oh yeah, well that's just life. Life is tiring," and it and it was just really confusing for me because I was like, "Okay, well what? I guess nothing's. There's nothing here. It's just life is tiring," and you know I knew deeply that that wasn't true, but I wanted it so badly to be that this wasn't anything that I had to deal with or pay attention to, and just move on. That I wanted to. I wanted to believe them. It wasn't until I started to talk to people who had either gone through it or experienced it and who had done their own work that I really felt like I was being heard and seen and okay. Like I know who I can share things with and I know who I can't, who's going to help me and who's going to hinder my path here.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's so important for us to feel safe with people when we share
0: that because if we... And to recognize, to still, I think, like we talked about just a minute ago about trusting your own inner wisdom, so that when you do talk to somebody and their response is that, oh, everybody feels that, you'll get over it, or do, then to trust, no, I know something else is going on, and to not shy away from keeping, trying to find your person, right, to find the person who can help you through it, uh, and, and to trust your own inner wisdom.
1: Yeah, that's a process.
0: It's a process. It is. So we've talked a lot about burnout and we've given some ideas and tips, but what do you think would be the best piece of advice you could give to somebody if they're experiencing chronic stress or they're moving in? I mean, as you shared, we all have to find our own way to get through it. But what do you think you could give somebody if they're like, I do think something's going on just to maybe give them a thought or an idea one or two tips or what you think would be, what you would give the best piece of advice.
1: Yeah, that's challenging because I went all over the map. Like I really did try everything. Um, And, you know, even coming from like a holistic approach where some, you know, allopathics, as well as some natural remedies, as well as, you know, healing treatments and naturopath and doctors and therapists. It was like, I'm telling you, I just, whatever, <laughs> I, I was just going to do whatever I needed to do to get out of whatever I was in. And what it came down to was um, stop fighting it. Stop fighting it. This, this is happening. So the more you, I guess that the more you resist, it persists type of thing. And be gentle with yourself. That was the biggest advice that I got. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know how to be gentle with myself, you know, but not really because was that being gentle with myself, desperately trying, running around, trying to fix me, telling myself that something's wrong with me and I'm broken by my Mm -hmm. actions or could I accept myself Mm -hmm. and that would be gentle. And so, um, yeah, I got help. I think that that is huge, getting support. Um, so I started working with um, a psychologist. Um, I started uh, just going into different ideas of how to, um, what being gentle with myself would look like, and what I determined was um, in generally, you know, there's being gentle with yourself physically, but there's also being gentle with yourself mentally and emotionally, and so I had to look at how I was pushing myself in work, how I was, what my inner talk was like, um, how I was straining and striving to get out of the burnout and depression, um, which was causing me more depletion. Um, and, and so really just have to sit back and allow and trust and be with the process and um, allow the healing to take place and let go of control, which is a huge deal because I'm a control freak, you know, literally it, like recovering control freak. And um, yeah, so there was a lot of learning there and wisdom there in that, but. Beautiful. Uh,
0: wow. I just first want to say thank you for your courage and just sharing your experience. think I feel like so many women can, can learn and feel empowered by what you just shared with us, because I feel, I mean, you know, I work with women and it's always striving, take care of the family, take care of the house, work, be successful, make sure that you're, you know, making enough time for everybody. And it's, they get lost, right? They get lost and then they get overstressed and live in that state. And then, but time I tend to meet them, sometimes they're just so overwhelmed, they don't even know what they want anymore, because life has just sort of become this monster that's overtaken them. So it's just beautiful to hear a story of how acceptance and surrender, which I preach all the time to people, is really a path to healing, because we can, when we come into that place, our bodies, our bodies want us to come back to our remembered wellness, they want us to come back to health. Like they really do, but it's we fight it so much that if we give it the chance to do that. So I wanted to have an opportunity to let you share with the listeners uh, a little bit about your Re- Replenish studio. So I saw that you have a yoga meditation studio. And can you just talk a little bit about that and the things that you do and who you support and how they people can get in touch with you?
1: yeah absolutely. Can I just touch on something you said first, because I yes. think it's really important. Um, when you were sharing about acceptance, I have a mentor and and she's told me that acceptance is the key to all of our problems, and that mm-hmm. just because we accept something doesn't mean we have to like it. So I certainly didn't like what I was going through, but I accepted it. I think the hardest part for me, though, was the stigma around it all, you know, in this quote, spiritual community, I think there is a real, I don't know, divide on mental health and um, how to heal yourself, right? And, you know, the not that for a long time, like, I wouldn't have considered things like, you know, prescription medication or, you know, a therapist or, you know, things that didn't seem as spiritual maybe. And because I felt like, oh, I'm a yoga teacher. I teach meditation. I shouldn't be going through this. You know, I've done all my work on myself. This shouldn't be happening to me. And if I let people know that it's happening to me, what are they going to say about me that I didn't do the work that I, you know, uh, you know, I need to try harder. I need to pray harder, you know, whatever the case is. And I think it's just really important. I think there's a big stigma in that in in any community, but in that community as well um, about healing mental health or even physical health that I think it's important to touch on. So I think why I want to be so open with my story is to let people know that it doesn't matter. Like Mm -hmm. life is going to happen, and even your best preparing can't help what's around the corner sometimes, and we're all human and we're all going to be affected And the more that we can just have compassion for one another and ourselves, um, the the better off we'll be. The more we're going to judge each other, or like you said, that judgment. Um, I felt so much judgment, so much shame for going through this, even though I had, you know, I I'm a yoga teacher. I shouldn't be having problems breathing or angry with anxiety. I meditate. You know, it was just a lot of that. But it had been it was beyond my control at that point. Um, mm-hmm. So I just wanted to mention that because I think that was really hard to me, for me to accept. But when I did accept and you talked about acceptance um, that's when my whole world changed. That's when the healing started to begin. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it's, I, I love what you touched on though about the, the idea that if you're a yoga teacher or even like a, you know, someone who's in wellness and fitness and it, it, does feel like you shouldn't have any of this stuff, but it's, for me, I'm like, my whole life is a practice. Every day I get up, I'm working through something, some new thing will come in, and it'll be like, oh, I thought I, I thought I worked through that, but it comes up in a new way. And it's, and it just gives me an opportunity to, okay, I need to do a deeper acceptance to it, right? Like it's, I really feel, and I, you use that word fix. And I always, I even had a client call today. She was talking about fixing and I'm like, I just want to say there's nothing in you that needs to be fixed, right? Mm -hmm. We're not broken. We just might have space for growth or there's something we need to like integrate. And I really like I really try to support people and say, you don't need fixing. You're perfect the way you are. And you have an opportunity to grow and shift and integrate and, and just be open to the opportunities and the possibilities of what you can create in your life. It's, I, I so agree with you on that stigma that, and for me, sometimes I think I even do it to myself, right? Like I should be past all this stuff. I did all my work. And it's like this week I'm in a program and I had a peer coaching and we went, it was two and a half hours long. We were together and I was sobbing for half of it as I processed a child, like a, a childhood like trauma, right? Like processed it, integrated it, saw it in a different light, and brought some compassionate self-forgiveness to it. And really had to work on forgiving myself for the judgments I had around all of these things that I didn't even realize were still impacting me because I had done a lot of work around it. And yet as soon as we did this work, I was like in. I was, like, so scared to do it. I was, like, not even going to get on the call. I was ready to run away, you know, brought in my courage, did it, and, oh, my God, did I ever feel lighter when I when I moved it through me. Like, it was so mm. amazing. And that's the thing is we all have stuff to work through.
1: Right? I had chills. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Because I, I truly believe and honestly, from my perspective, listening to your story and witnessing you share it right now, because I have the, the beauty of having video with Chelsea is <laughs> I get to see like, what a great yoga teacher, meditation teacher, coach, however you work with people, you are because you're doing the work, right? You're doing the work. So you can be there with the people as they move through it and be like, yeah, I've got you. Like I can hold mm-hmm. you through this because I've, I've done it. Like I'm doing it too, right? Mm-hmm. It just creates that. That can help the person feel so safe because you're like holding them. I don't know if that. that's what I – like I'm giving my – like saying that just gives me chills because it's like you're holding that person in your authenticity because you're like, I've been there. I've got you.
1: Yeah. yeah. And that is so important because that's what someone said to me when I was going through it. And it felt so good to know I had that touchstone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so when you're talking about – that's what makes me think about when you're talking about Replenish Studio. That's where this whole idea came from is that we moved into a home that had uh, like a pretty great space for a yoga studio in the back of it just kind of ready in there. And I said, I am going to make this my Replenish Zone. Like that's – it for me – for myself. Mm -hmm. I need to, and part of it was the painting it and the creative part of putting it all together and getting back into macrame and, you know, uh, making dream catchers and all stuff that like I didn't know was going to be a part of my healing, but that was, that um, connected me to inner child, connected me to creativity. And so was slowly filling myself back up. And I think, you know, we didn't really touch on it, but I am a nutrition coach <laughs> primarily is what I I did do with along with yoga. Um, and uh, after the gym had closed, uh, which was in 2020, 2021. I can't even remember. That's how crazy it was at that time. But um, we had moved fully online with our business. My husband's a a trainer and I was a nutrition coach and yoga teacher and we moved everything online. And then I couldn't figure out what was going on, but there was this common theme within every woman that I coached. And the theme was this intense stress and this intense this need to fix themselves and to want to change their body composition because that's going to make them feel better about themselves because i just need to feel better about me i need to feel in control of something i need to change something right like like we were talking about the the doing of fixing and but every one of them was completely running on an empty tank and i i would just kept trying to share with them like Do you think maybe you're asking too much of yourself, like, look at everything you've got on your plate, and now you're going to add changing all of these other habits to try to get to a better feeling place, but you don't have room for that right now. And then I would see them when they couldn't, you know, they would set these lofty goals, and I would share with them, like, let's break it down a little smaller, maybe, And they wouldn't want to. So of course, like, yes, let's go through this this process of you trying that out. And when they couldn't reach the goal, they'd feel like crap about themselves and just like take themselves down this path of, you know, and some of my work is to work with women on mindset and creating a loving relationship with themselves through the way we talk to ourselves, through like feelings that come up of guilt and shame and all of that. And so it just was really clear to me that women don't need help <laughs> to eat better primarily like you know what i mean like yes okay we do need some help with that eventually once we've have a strong foundation you know mentally emotionally spiritually then we work on the physical potentially but they needed help filling up their cup they needed to replenish they needed to you know a space where they could just be nurtured and nourished and filled up again. Because I know myself when I was going through it, I just wanted somewhere I could go where someone would take care of me for an hour and I could just show up and lay there and just feel so comforted. Like I mentioned, I couldn't find comfort. Mm -hmm. So I said to my husband, this is what I want to do. I don't even know what it means. I don't even know if this is an actual thing, but I want to open a studio where I just nurture women, where they can just walk in. They don't have to complete a workshop. They don't have to learn anything, take notes. They just walk in. And from the time they walk in and walk out, at least they feel just a little bit better. Um, and so that was where that came from. And I'm really excited. Uh, we're, I'm slotted to open in May. So that's yeah really exciting for me. And I, I just need to recognize too that I'm still Replenishing myself and it is going to be a really awesome challenge for me to remember that and not want to like gear up and get right back at it again, but to uh, and and to use my story as well to help women see they're not alone like Mm -hmm. they didn't do anything wrong. There's nothing wrong with them. This is part of life. And if we make just a little bit of time to fill ourselves up in a little bit of room and space around us, you know, from everything, um, that, you know, there's a benefit to that.
0: Be- yeah. Oh, that sounds awesome. I certainly could use that to sometimes <laughs> to go in and be comforted and held for an hour. That sounds beautiful. So where is your studio when you open? Where is it?
1: So my studio is in Wortley Village in London and it is in my home. Um, and I have a website is, um, breatheplaymove.com. So the, our old, uh, physical business was BPM, uh, fitness and yoga, breathe, play, move. Um, we're just launching this new website now with some information and all my classes will be posted there, um, that I have. I'll do it Calendar monthly. Um, And it's going to be mostly, you know, yoga, a lot of restorative yoga, um, yoga with meditation, perhaps some chanting and some journaling and just community as well. So uh, it might be a different class, you know, monthly, but, you know, my micro retreats, which is the idea for the replenishment, will be. Uh, a little bit more of a, a mini retreat, um, but I'm not going to share too much about that now because it's still in the creative process. And I feel that, um, yeah, maybe I'll just save some of that for later. Yeah.
0: No, that's amazing. And I'll make sure that everything's in the show notes so that they can find you, be able to tap in. And you're on Instagram, right?
1: I am. Yeah. Chelsea Jackson underscore BPM. I believe, okay. I think. Okay.
0: Yeah. So I'll make sure I get, I'll put all of that <laughs> in the show notes so that people can, can check you out and make sure that they find you. And awesome. I just love to, every, with every guest, I love to have them share, like, what is one, like, really silly thing that just brings you joy that you try to do every day that that maybe don't a lot of people don't see, um, but just something that just kind of uplifts you. What is that? Can you think of anything
1: um, that is a good question because I feel like yeah. I do. I guess, yeah, for me, it'd be get outside uh, and in any capacity. It's not a silly little thing, but uh it's, I need to get outside. Sometimes I will just go outside and lay on the ground on my stomach. I guess that is a little stuff silly, you know, with my head on my hands and just lay on the ground and just like, yeah, that sounds a little silly. Talk to mother earth and just be like, Thank you. Like, take some of this energy for me. You know, I'm giving it to you. And um, yeah, just anything Thank outside you. can be very powerful. Talking to animals. Yeah. Weird, like, I
0: that. just, I, I was, Derek and I were walking in the woods yesterday, and there were these like five deer just along the path. So I crept closer and I was just saying good morning to them all. And he's like, what are you doing? <laughs> Like I'm saying good morning to the deer, like they're just waking up. Yeah, I just want to say. good morning. <laughs> he was like, Let's go right? <laughs> Yeah,
1: it's like obviously, right? I know. I literally will stop. Like we live in a pretty busy neighborhood, and I will stop and talk to the squirrels. And my husband's like, "There's like a hundred squirrels in this one block. Like, what are you doing?" I'm like, "I don't know. It just feels. Sometimes it feels more normal for me to talk to animals." That I'm passing, like I feel like they get me. I'm getting them. I even talk to trees, like I feel that's more normal than talking to some humans sometimes for me. But I'm an introvert, yeah. and so that's probably part of it.
0: Yeah, no, I every morning, like on my walks, I'll touch the tree. Good morning, how are you? If it's windy, are you doing okay up there? Because they're like blowing in the wind. So yeah, I, I talk to Mother Earth as much as I can because I feel so connected mm. to it. So. I love that. I just want to thank you so much, Chelsea, for taking the time to chat with me, to share your beautiful wisdom and insight and your experience with the audience. And uh, yeah, it's just been so beautiful to reconnect with you and to hear your story.
1: Yeah, it has. I, I really appreciate you having me on. And it's been really nice just to riff a little bit and catch up.
0: Do you celebrate all the wins in your life, no matter how big or small? I know I sure do. And so in this moment, I'm celebrating you for finishing another podcast episode and soaking up new ways to empower, transform, and uplift your life. Want to grab the show notes and all the links talked about in today's podcast? Well, you're going to find those in the episode's description, along with a link to join my Facebook community, Supporting Resilient Women. In this group, I share even more insight, tips, and tools to live your best life. Until we meet again, my friend, and to your dreams.